You have queued up The Roulette Tapes, a program of adventurous music and conversation recorded at the New York City Concert Hall, Roulette. You can hear thousands of concert recordings from Roulette's past and present and find news of upcoming events celebrating innovation and imagination at roulette.org. Aren't you curious? This edition features the work of composer Leah Bertucci, whose collaborative works and solos for saxophone and bass clarinet are often layered and processed through unusual methods, including archaic tape recorders and multi-channel configurations. Fascinated by acoustic phenomena, Bertucci is as likely to perform in a club as in a cave or handwall court. We'll hear stories about all of this with examples from roulette performances from 2013 to 2022. This is Leah Bertucci. Thank you. 
My name is Leah Bertucci, and I make noises. I grew up in the Hudson Valley in Rosendale and Woodstock, New York, and there was always a lot of music and general bohemian activities going on where I grew up. So I was always involved and interested in the arts, let's say, like music and theater and visual art and all that kind of stuff. I did an undergraduate degree at Bard College where I studied film and photography. But I always played music, like in public school band, but I'm totally a product of the public school band system. And over the years I've played like other woodwind instruments and I've gotten really into electronics and electroacoustic techniques for amplifying instruments. And then more recently I've been doing a lot of compositions for other instruments and electronics. Yeah, and other projects that involve landscape and site and architecture, which I think is really informed from my studies in visual arts. My original axe was the alto saxophone. Played jazz and classical music all through high school and a bit through college. During my undergrad uh, at Bard, I kind of like focused on visual art and uh, I was a photography major there. So I stopped playing saxophone. I didn't play music for a while. I was focusing on other disciplines. And then I started playing bass clarinet and I, I got into more like noise music you know, I started learning about the greats of, you know, American minimalist and, you know, avant-garde music at that time through Bard channels. Around that time, I actually, I, I took a, a electroacoustic ensemble with uh, David Behrman. Like, I had up to that point only been playing jazz or classical music, pretty, you know, straight stuff. And we were like playing graphic scores and doing free improvisation. And I was completely like lost in the experience. I wasn't sure what was going on or what we were doing, you know, that was music. And I wasn't sure that I completely enjoyed it, but for some reason I was really intrigued by it. I thought that David was probably the strangest person I had ever met um, <laughs> in like a great way, you know, like it was interesting. I was playing bass clarinet 
at the time, and then I sort of I got interested in, in tape because I had seen some other artists do really wonderful things with it, from like Throbbing Gristle, you know, getting into like the early Throbbing Gristle stuff, to you know, seeing friends of mine like Lucas Crane or MV Carbon, Billy Basinski, like you know that all that. Uh, work with tape was really interesting to me. Just the idea that you could use the medium itself as an instrument. And I, I've always have had a thing for, for media in general. Like, I'm, I'm really fascinated by uh, its morphology and, you know, I'm a bit of a tech geek, so I, I enjoy obsolete formats of things and their idiosyncrasies and the kind of, like, unique sounds that unreliable equipment can produce. So there's a lot of um, interesting aspects to that technology that I like to think of as kind of creative misuse of, you know, audio gear. And that's like a big point of what I've been doing lately and all throughout. I was growing up in upstate New York, there is an abandoned cement mine, or former cement mine, that's now like a historic site, called Widow Jane Mine. And that was kind of probably the first place that I ever heard sound in a massive acoustic situation, like bigger than a church, or an auditorium, or something like that. An extreme acoustic environment. Yeah, I just became really interested in what that does to a sound, in lots of different respects. We as humans live in a built environment where architecture changes the way that we hear sounds and perceive sounds. And so in an effort to like get music outside of a proscenium concert hall context, I think it can be really fun and intriguing to have music be in different acoustic spaces that activate certain sonic phenomena certain qualities and I like to have my music like tailored to those spaces so 
this is actually sort of, you know, an idea stolen from the 60s minimalists and earthworks artists about site responsivity, site specificity, that kind of stuff. Applying it to musical composition rather than sculpture, visual art. That's been something that I've, you know, been working towards in the last few years and has just, I, I mean, I'm like an adventurer, you know, I like to break into abandoned places and see things. And I think this is an extension of that just general quality about myself. I love trespassing. It's kind of like a fun activity for me. Respire was the first ensemble piece that I did. So that was the first time that I that I wrote a piece that I didn't play in, that I didn't perform in really. So we had at Roulette, we had the instrumentalists up in the balcony. So this was like the first time that I was using a kind of like spatialized approach to composition and trying to like get out of the proscenium. Yeah, I just wanted to sort of replicate a surround sound condition and the architecture of roulette just, I mean, lends itself perfectly to such a thing.
have sets that I play for the like stereo proscenium setup. I mean, I would much rather play in, you know, weird leaky <laughs> warehouses or something. <laughs> but, but I will say that doing concerts in unconventional spaces, I find that I need a lot of sound check time, you know, like an unreasonable amount of sound check time, which is really like rehearsal so that I can, you know, make sure I don't, make sure that I'm hitting the right qualities in a space. So from a practical standpoint, this is a little bit like unreasonable to do in when you're on tour and, and that kind of thing. So it's good to have that flexibility. I also do a lot of guerrilla stuff. This past summer, I did a thing on these handball courts, which are like two, you know, solid flat walls, concrete walls facing each other. So certain sounds have, have this ability to sort of spring around and the stereo configuration bouncing back and forth. That's a really satisfying phenomena to play with, with castanets, really good. I played material from A Visible Length of Light, which was the last solo record that came out in April of 2021. So for, for those uh, collections of pieces, I have alto saxophone, I have a wooden flute that is called a venue uh, from India, I have this crappy chord organ that I bought at a thrift store that inexplicably is tuned like I don't know, seven cents sharp. So it's really hard to play with conventional instruments. There's a lot of like weird beating stuff that happens. So I just, you know, use that as kind of a, a drone machine and uh, the way that the harmonics are in it. It's just like a reed organ uh, powered by a fan. But it, there's some really great, yeah, difference tones and 
nice wobbles that kind of come out of it. When I was in Omaha for a residency in 2020, I made these recordings of a dead cornfield that I'm pretty obsessed with. I used that and, yeah, other kind of marginal sounds on dictaphone tape that I collage live to create these sort of storms of complex sounding, intricate sounding, high-pitched noise. So then the second set was a duo with Ben Vida. It's the first time I'm, I'm using my voice in a project, which is, it's been really amazing, you know, using the tape machine, the way that I do to live process the voice, breaking apart words and phrases and fragments of words, just, you know, and then also over amplified woodwind instruments. Yeah, and it's been a really fun, exploration and we're going to have a record that comes out on April 1st called Murmurations which is on my band camp. Roulette is probably the first organization, music organization, to take me seriously as an artist. I mean, I had been playing, you know, underground shows and all that kind of stuff. It's always been a really supportive force within the experimental music community to be able to have like actual resources to realize ideas that were a little bit more ambitious than, you know, what kind of resources are in the underground context. And I always like see great shows here. So there aren't that many places in New York that do this. So it's important that we have this. 
composer, performer, and sonic explorer Leah Bertucci, with excerpts from performances preserved in the Roulette Concert Archive. These programs are made possible in part by the National Endowment for the Arts and the Grammy Museum, and are a 2021 Webby Award honoree. This is David Weinstein at the desk. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to The Roulette Tapes, a program of adventurous music and conversation. This series is produced by Roulette Intermedium. You can find thousands of concert recordings from Roulette's archives and news of upcoming events at roulette.org.